Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Racing Pod Blast with me, Tony McCormick, and Ben Aiken from Narrow in the Field. Welcome along, everyone. We're diving headlong into three big handicap fields uh, this weekend. Two over the hurdles at uh, Haydock and one on the flat at Ascot. In part one of the pod, we cover the long-distance hurdle and the Swinton hurdle from Haydock. Then we hear head rather to our usual hunting ground of the Scottish Leagues. It's playoff time as well for our top, middle and bottom Trixie with playoff specials this week uh, before moving to Ascot for the big field blast. That is the uh, the horror. That is the Victoria Cup in uh, part three of the pod. So welcome along, everyone. Welcome along, Ben. So first race on the agenda is the uh, couple of winners last week as well. Uh, the first race on the agenda is the long distance hurdle from Haydock Joff at one thirty-five on Saturday. 17 runners set to go to post over three miles. Ben, can you start us off with this one? Can Tony, hello. Um, yeah, the long distance hurdle, class two handicap over three miles. A race that has favoured those at the lower end of the weights in recent times. The last six winners all carried 11 stone or less. They all had also won one of their last four starts, so coming in some recent form. A few unexposed types catch the eye this year. I came down on a loose sort of shortlist of thanks for the help, Tiger Jet and Langdale Lane. Now, thanks for the help has only his fifth handicap start here. He was uh, very well fancied for the pair temps at Cheltenham. Faded after the last in the 12th. Although he's still right there, jumping the last. Um, maybe didn't quite see it out up the hill on soft ground that day, although in fairness, wasn't wasn't being all that far at the line. Now, he's won a Class 4 novice at Southall since then, but he's actually able to run here at Haydock of £1 lower than the mark he ran off at Cheltenham. So, interesting, to say the least. Um, Pipe, he does like to gun for this pot. Uh, no trainers actually have more in the race than him. 22 runners he has sent to post in this one. He's won with three of them. Five others have placed. So I expect he'll have thanks for the help finely tuned for the run. And he does look one who's likely to be below his handicap ceiling right now. So I get the appeal with him for sure and maybe a little bit bigger. I think he's favourite just now, but he's a bit bigger than I thought he might be. Uh, Tiger Jet few more starts under his belt than the pipe horse, but he does look to be improving still. Impressive in winning over course and distance last time out, and I think the £7 rise, fair enough for that win. As you look at Tiger Jet over hurdles, over trips of 2 miles 6 or further, and off breaks of 28 days or more, it's three wins in a place from five starts, and you get to those conditions here. Tiger Jet is interesting at decent enough odds, and at Bigger prices, the other one on my shortlist. Stuart Crawford sends over Langdale Lane. Now he makes his second handicap start here after finishing second on handicap debut last time out at air. That was also his first start over three miles. Also his first run for 66 days in that air race. So he maybe just needed the run that day. So maybe come on for it. Uh, he's potentially on a, a lenient mark as well, Langdale Lane. He gained his current handicap mark over shorter trips. So... We could see improvement from him now over staying trips. Of that three, I think I'll maybe be favouring Tiger Jet, although all three to set some sort of level interests me. But yeah, Tiger Jet may be the one at the head of my thinking. What you got, Tony? 
Yeah, interesting. Interesting that um, what you say there, Ben, about uh, uh, David Pipe uh, targeting this race. Uh, pull again green at a, a decent price for trainer Fergal O'Brien and uh, young Jack Hogan in the plate, claiming £5. Plenty of rides for Mickey Hammond, Ian Jardine, Ben Haslam recently as Jack Hogan. Uh, also rode a winner for Fergal O'Brien on Hard as Nails uh, earlier that, uh, this month. Uh, didn't win last season, uh, pull again green but was winning a little over 12 months ago at Newbury and Cheltenham in a couple of uh, novice hurdles. And then he went uh, chasing. He, he, did, uh, he had a couple of uh, chase starts, novice handicap chase starts in uh, October and November at Cheltenham. But he's, uh, he's dropped back uh, since March and April. He's dropped back to, uh, to hurdles. Uh, so it could be a little bit of a plan here from uh, the O'Brien stable. Pull again green. And then I have Williston, who is uh, up near the top of the market. Winner at Cheltenham last month of a £3 lower mark following a decent effort on return to action at uh, Bangor on D. He's another one who's uh, uh, had a little bit of a, a spin over the larger obstacles uh, in November at Doncaster. But he, he fell... Uh, fell three out uh, when um, not getting his jumping right really and it was an expected fall in the end uh, and uh, Williston, I do like Williston back over hurdles and finally uh, Shantou Express who I feel like he's been around eight, absolutely ages um, his last win came 12 months ago in a Stratford handicap hurdle off a £2 lower mark Kai Lenahan takes the ride here in the last eight years 17 claimers have taken their chance in this race with uh, three winning and uh, another three hitting the frame. Paige Fuller in 2018 uh, was a claimer, winning claimer. Fergus Gillard and Thomas Wilnock winning the last two renewals um, uh, being claimers there. So Shantua Express is a massive price uh, I like. Uh, Pull a green, Pull again green, another one at a big price and uh, Williston a little bit shorter but he's still in double figures. Uh, for trainer Mark Walford in uh, in that one thirty five at Haydock, uh, we move on to the three fifteen at Haydock, the Swinton Hurdle, Ben, Class One handicap hurdle over uh, just about two miles, just half a furlong short of two miles. Ben, over to you. Yeah, Swinton. That's a quite enjoy the race. Thought it's a tricky little renewal, little renewal, big renewal this year. Uh, a few decent trends at play in this one. The last fifty winners were all aged seven or younger they all had nine or less handicap hurdle starts and they all had at least two previous hurdle victories on their CV uh, 14 of the last 15 winners ran in a hurdle race at class 1 or class 2 level last time out uh, using those trends as the sort of basis I'd be looking at a short list along the lines of Teddy Blue Paramount Washington and Paris Encore Paramount lined up at NT last time at NT Festival in the conditional and amateur riders handicap hurdle race. He was a 92 favourite. He was coming in that into that race off the back of two wide margin victories, but he failed to run his race that day at NT. Finished 12th of 20. He's now actually disappointed at the last two NT festivals, so it might well be he just doesn't handle the entry track all that well. Because away from entry, he's four wins and four places from eight starts. So I'd be inclined to forgive Paramount that run because he did look very progressive prior to the, the entry flop. So hopefully he can bounce back here, Paramount. Um, Nicky Richards, he trains Paris Encore and I think he's also worthy of a bit of consideration. He caught the eye with a decent fourth in the Scottish champion hurdle from out of the handicap last time out. He's able to run off his proper mark here. 
uh, hey doc, on the pro form speed figures, I'll have a look at them, uh, that air run was actually a career best, and that followed on from his previous career best on a start prior to air at Musselburgh. So he does look to still be improving, and he also has uh, the bonus of having a course and distance win on his CV from his novice season at Haydock. He's also three wins in three places from seven starts in March to October period, so out with the, the deep midwinter months, which he doesn't seem to enjoy as much. He's two wins in three places from six starts of breaks of 35 days or less, so he's got a fair few positives on his side here, Paris Onko. I think he's a bit overpriced, and hopefully he can at least run in a place at a price, Paris Encore, uh, along with Paramount, the other one, Catch My Eye. What have you got for us, Tony? Uh, I've got Paris Encore, mate. Um, nice. Yeah, uh, nice. N- nothing to add there, what you've already said for trainer Nicky Riches, Danny McMenamin in the plate there. I've got Sam and Washington was also on your shortlist, Ben, and also on mine. Trainer Ollie Murphy there, and that's quite interesting. Ran well uh, in defeat, finishing third of 20, uh, beaten over nine and a half lengths uh, last time out, um, last last month at uh, Aintree over hurdles. Washington, I do believe that can go well. He's a distance uh, winner, and they, they both appear on your shortlist. And a couple to add here, the Neil King trained one more for the Rhodes distance winner. Could be interesting in first-time cheek pieces there with Jack Quinlan in the plate. He was um, not very... He was, wasn't beaten far. He was finished fifth of eighth. Uh, in March uh, at Newbury over two miles on good ground in a handicap hurdle uh, as I say finished fifth of eight but he was only beaten two and three quarter lengths in uh, in that one I think he can come on for that run and also Black Poppy another distance winner uh, seen last time out uh, winning at Cheltenham over two miles one furlong uh, finishing uh, beating 12 rivals by uh, two and three quarter lengths as as the 100 to 30 joint favourite off a mark of 119 he comes in off a five pound higher mark here uh, black poppy for trainer Kerry Lee Adam Wedge in the plate there I think that can uh, go well as well so black poppy one more for the road to add to your Washington and uh, Paris Encore right then oh, it's time it's that time it's playoffs off we go to Scotland <laughs> Well, I hope you all enjoyed it uh, this season with uh, the uh, top, middle and bottom. The usual rules apply. A £1 Trixie from us both, £4 in total. Uh, ben, an update from last week. Me hanging on desperately to profit here. Yeah, we both <laughs> uh, had, no, we both had one winner, two losers last week, both minus four points. I would say Clyde absolutely screwed me over. They scored the last <laughs> kick of the game. I was going for the draw. It was heading for a draw. They decided to change an entire season, get a win. <laughs> Didn't even need to win, just did it for sakes, sake of it. So yeah, one winner, two losers for us. Uh, running totals yourself plus five point zero six. You're still hanging on. Hanging on. Uh, myself plus forty one point two six. I have to say, Tony, you decided. Your top middle and bottom was your idea, but I completely hijacked it and <laughs> sent sent us up to Scotland. But. Um, you know. Oh no, it's been good. It's been absolutely brilliant fun. It's it's a learn maybe it's a learning curve for yeah, you. Yeah, more interesting <laughs> than the bloody Premier League, I tell you. Honestly. Yeah, no. It is, it is, it is. Um but this week, right, so playoffs as you say. So we've kind of mashed together some 
top, middle and bottom this week, um, fitting them into their, their boxes. And the top championship, I am going for Partick Thistle to beat Queen's Park at 29-20. to 20. Queen's Park have only won one of their last eight games. They've lost six of them. They've actually scored three goals in each of their last two games, and they've still lost those matches, including going down 4-3 to a 97th-minute goal in the first leg of this tie. I think they'll be feeling those two tough matches, the two last two tough matches. Uh, Park were obviously in one of those games, but they had an easier game last Friday against Wraith. Well, Queen's Park were busting a gut and an, uh, an absolutely superb title-deciding match against Dundee. Cracking game. Um I think Queen's Park might just be feeling those matches. Queen's Park actually won the first three meetings between these sides this season, but Partick have got a new manager on board since the start of March, and since then they have been played 11, won 5, drawn 5, lost once. Uh, it was a tight game against Cali. During that time, they've also beaten Queen's Park twice, scoring four goals each time. So I will go for Partick to keep their excellent form going with a win here. In the middle, Scottish first. Airdrie to beat Falkirk at 13-5. The first leg of this tie was mental. Airdrie were 5-0 up at halftime. Both teams had players sent off in the second half. It finished 6-2 to Airdrie at full-time. Madness. Airdrie have now scored 36 goals in their last 10 matches. They've scored at least once in their last 27 matches. Unbeaten in their last six at Falkirk, winning four of them. So I'm going to take Airdrie to continue their run and get another win on the board here. And boom, Scottish second. A new team for us, Spartans. A mighty Spartans to beat Albion Rovers at 8-5. to five. A Spartans won the Lowland League this season, a league that features Rangers and Celtic B teams. They finished their season with an unbeaten run in 19. They won 13 of them. They drew six of them. They won their last six home games by an aggregate score of 19-2. They then came through a tough playoff against Highland League winners Breakin. Need a penalty shootout last weekend to get the job done, but Breakin are a tough team. They only lost once in the Highland League all season. They scored, wait for this, Tony, Breakin. They scored 101 goals <laughs> in the Highland League. They conceded only 16. So basically, breaking are too good for the Highland League. So it says plenty about Spartans that they were able to see them off in that playoff. Mm. Albion, on the other hand, they've been struggling this season, especially on the road. They've lost five of the last seven on their travels. I just think Spartans have been underestimated in this one. So I will play Spartans at the bottom, and I am going for Partick Thistle, Airdrie, and Spartans. Tony, Good stuff. I'm with you with uh, the old party Sissel tonight against Queen's Park. Um, I think that's a cracking price. I think Edry against Falkirk. I think Edry's a cracking price as well. That's a good shout. But uh, for my middle, I'm going for Hamilton to beat Alloa at uh, around 13 to 10. That I got uh, sometime yesterday. Uh, Hamilton to beat Alloa and also on the... Um, at the bottom, I'm going to have to have uh, Clyde and East Five. We've got Clyde playing for the lives uh, at 11 to 10 uh, that I got yesterday. So, uh, Partick to win uh, to beat Queen's Park 29 20, Hamilton to beat Alloa at uh, 13 to 10, and Clyde playing for the lives here against East Five. Playing for the lives. Playing for the lives at uh, 11 to 10. <laughs> so, hopefully. Uh, we can we can settle back and we can um, maybe put a bit more on come three o'clock after the two forty at Ascot, which is the Victoria Cup, <laughs> and we head <laughs> for some uh, flat action. It is the uh, the nightmare 
scenario of the Victoria Cup coming under our focus. And just uh, before I pass you over to Ben for this, um, do have a look at horses that are drawn on the wrong side. Also, you can read about being drawn on the wrong side on Ben's narrowingthefield.co.uk. Some fantastic stuff he's written over the years about being uh, drawn on the wrong side of the track. And also horses that are finishing fifth, sixth and seventh and all that. Keep a note on uh, on those for the rest of the season. But uh, Ben, your thoughts on the Victoria Cup? Yeah, good point about the horses can win on their side of the track but not actually win the race. So yeah, very good point, Tony. A race to watch, even if you don't back the winner. Um, I say a big field straight track blast on ground currently described as soft as of Friday morning. Uh, so we need to be aware of any potential track biases at play. Not something we can accurately predict at the time of recording the pod, unfortunately, but let's keep an eye on what's going on at Ascot. And the pace side of things, you're probably looking at the two on the wings. Zip install one, Biggles install 23, possibly Tylos install 19. So... I wouldn't give, uh, there's no potential pace advantage to one side or other. There should be pace from both sides. It just depends how the, the ground is playing. Um, wouldn't be all that easy a race to what they're using race trends. The following are worth keeping in mind. Uh, 20 of the 23 winners to this were running from a mark at least three pounds higher than their last one in mark. And 19 of the 23 winners were aged four or five, so a young improver. Uh, naturally for the sort of race. I'd be looking at a tentative, very tentative shortlist of Baradar, Kingdom Come, Totally Charming, Rainbow Fire, Admiral D and Tylos. Barad- Baradar, definitely interesting. Um, he ran a massive race in the Lincoln last time out from an unfavoured draw. It was actually one of the ones I put up for that. Got uh, to run a good place, but the draw ended up being against them. Form of that race has been working out well so far. A tongue tie goes on for the first time here to try and eke out a bit of improvement. Also be favoured by the ground, the trip and the track. Over seven furlongs at a mile on tracks with undulations and a cut underfoot. It's three wins in two places from six starts. And George Boy should be able to get more improvement out of him yet. This is only his third start for the yard, only a sixth run in a handicap. So Baradar is he's certainly near the front of my thinking. And the other boy horse in the race, totally charming, also looks well worthy of consideration. You know, a decent seventh in the Irish Lincoln last time out, although maybe didn't quite see out the mile on very testing ground. But that or he maybe just needed the run his, his first run of the season. Uh, he's able to run off a mark three points lower here. He also has a three-point claim of Billy Lock nine for the first time, so effectively six points lower than his last run. And uh, totally, totally charming is also an unbeaten five from five of breaks of 18 to 90 days. Uh, he's run off a break of 49 days here. So plenty positives for him. And he does strike me as one that should have more to offer this season. So the boy pair of Baradar and totally charming for me. Tony, what have you got? Uh, very interesting, very interesting. Um, yeah, I've got a, just a quick note on, the, the, obviously I look at the last eight uh, renewals of the race and uh, the uh, for the, uh, the and splitting them up, there's 23 runners go to post tomorrow. Uh, so that's uh, count 23 runners. So if you go 24, then it's uh, broken down into quarters at six. Uh, and uh, from the first quarter of the draw in the last eight years, 51 have started from the first quarter of the draw. Just four places, no winners. Absolutely zero, zilch, nothing from the first quarter of the draw. So kind of uh, drawn one to six. Wouldn't put you off them, but be careful if you're backing uh, anything drawn one to six. 
in uh, in the Victoria Cup tomorrow. I'm I'm with you, Ben, on totally charming and uh, Rainbow Fire, which is also on your shortlist, as well as Biggles, as well as a shout for Biggles and uh, Vafotino, who uh, who won the race last year. Um, very very interesting how Va- uh, Vafotino goes. Um, he was last seen uh, last month at Newmarket, finishing second of nine behind Rebel Territory, which just missed out on my uh, on my shortlist as well, Rebel Territory. So don't be putting a line through Rebel Territory tomorrow. Uh, totally charming with you, Billy, Billy the Kid's in the saddle uh, for trainer George Bowie, uh, one at Doncaster uh, late last season. Over seven furlongs, and he was beaten favourite last time out uh, when he was thought good enough to uh, be taken in the Irish uh, Irish Lincoln as well, uh, where they fancied him to run a bigger race than he did, finishing seventh to twenty-seven. Rainbow Fire can go well for Marco Botti and Neil Callan from uh, Stall Seventeen and from uh, Stall Twenty-Three. Biggles for trainer Rafe Beckett. Uh, he's a big price as well. So uh, yeah, and uh, he finished third of eleven behind Rainbow Fire. At uh, at Haydock last month, so uh, yeah, it could be an interesting race. As I say, uh, keep um, keep looking for those who are finishing uh, fast, finishing sixth, seventh, and eighth as well. There'll be plenty of run- uh, winners to uh, to come out of the race. All right, many thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Racing Pod Blast, everyone. Remember, if you're an early riser, you can catch me on Epic Radio uh, weekdays between five a.m. and seven, uh, with plenty of racing news uh, throughout the morning, and you can get more from Ben over at Narrow in the field.co.uk until next week it's uh, thanks again for us thanks very much ben for Liz, uh, for joining in today this week sorry ben did you enjoy the coronation last week mate what coronation ocean. <laughs> sausage fingers don't care about them. thanks very no much have a great weekend everyone <laughs> see you next week